If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Just kidding. Alyssa is not here. Uh, okay, so you guys, we did our normal recording. We had so much fun. We celebrated Britney Spears finally kicking her dad off of her conservatorship. We talked about how I have a new show on HBO Max, an animated series called 10-Year-Old Tom that came out this week. Um, and that's very exciting. And of course, we talked about the return of Vanderpump. We argued about drinking your own breast milk and calling your own vagina a cookie. But it is all lost due to technical difficulties. And by the time I found this out from editing, Alyssa was hard at work in her writer's room. And so we couldn't like really hop back on and do it all again, which stinks. But hey, technical difficulties happen, especially when you girls are self-producing. So it's actually shocking to me that this hasn't happened more often. But the good news is we have a really good interview this week with a wonderful podcast host who I'm sure also relates to these sort of annoying technical nightmares. Um, so please enjoy our interview and know that we'll be back next week with the two of us. Um, and I'm sure we'll still fight about breast milk and things of that nature. Everybody have a safe weekend and enjoy our interview. June, June, Hannah. June, June, Hannah. Today we have a very special and very well-read guest on the pod. We have writer and host of the Shit She Read, also known as the SSR podcast, Allie Hoff-Kossick. Hi, Allie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. You're also like the most prepared guest that we've had because we are today discussing Below Deck Med. And I was telling you that we've done one Below Deck Med episode where we talked about Captain Sandy and you were like, oh, I know. I just listened to it. I'm so prepared. Yeah. Well, I went back and listened to it. And the crazy thing about it was I think it was one of the first episodes that you all did at the beginning of the lockdowns. And so it was sort of a weird like time warp situation because you guys were like, oh, this is so wild. Like, this is so crazy. We've been in quarantine for like a week. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so young, so naive. <laughs> oh, wow. What a time machine. Wow. Yes. I actually should go back and listen to a lot of those because, yeah, it is. Gosh, what a different place we were in. How upsetting for us. <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe don't go back. But, yes, I did listen to your to, to your earlier episode about this topic, and I am very excited to add on. Yes. Well, there's so many. It's, like, such a rich world of, like, cool female characters, I'll call them, because they all have different jobs and, like, leadership positions. And so we spotlighted Captain Sandy first. But there's so many other ladies to talk about. 
But for everybody who doesn't watch Below Deck Med, uh, it's not normally like a show that we cover super regularly. Could you do like a brief summary of just like kind of the show in general? Sure. So Below Deck and Below Deck Med both spotlight the crew of these like luxury yachts. Uh, the original Below Deck, they're in the Caribbean and I, they're sort of more all over the place based on like honestly the weather it seems. Whereas Below Deck Med is of course centered in the Mediterranean. So one season they're in Greece, one season they're in Italy, one season they're in Spain. I, I really want to go to Spain after the latest season that I watched. But you kind of get a glimpse of what life is like on these yachts for the crew and all of their like interpersonal drama, who's sleeping with who, how it feels to like work in this confined space. And then you're also getting pieces of these like really wealthy yacht charter guests who are spending all of this money to have these fabulous vacations. Who are so rich and so sloppy. Rude and rude, like often rude. rude. Yeah, like glamorous and rude. Yeah, it's wild. I would think like if you're spending so, 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 so much money to be on a super yacht, it it like blows my mind how many people just black out. I'm like, you don't even remember being on the super yacht. You blacked out. Yeah, and the focus on the food. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, people love to eat. If you're spending that kind of money, you really want the food to be good. But the fixation on the chef and how good the food is, it's like it seems like that's really what these people intend to pay for. Which is strange, right? Because if you're yeah. a foodie, then, yeah, perhaps, like, traveling to different restaurants makes the most sense. But this, they always cut to the chef in, like, the teeniest of rooms with, like <laughs> – impossible it's like not necessarily fresh produce because they're just straight up out at sea and then they'll be so critical of the food and i'm like if you wanted the best food in the world then like why this is for people who are like obsessed with jet skiing and like weird water slides and just like want privacy and that seems like more the appeal to me but you're right people are so harsh on the chefs which is also the like defense against the dark arts position of every season (laughs) that i've watched where like the chefs like cannot handle it like they either leave or are fired every season right yeah I mean there's always a thing about the chef and even the chefs that stay like they're always volatile they're always causing problems like even the most beloved chef Ben he just is constantly fighting with everybody but then he leaves and everybody's like oh we miss Ben like he was so great but then you bring Ben on and everybody wants him out so it's just yeah the chef position is a really tricky one so there's chef and then there is like the part of the crew that is mostly hospitality and the leader of that like hospitality crew is the chief stew, correct? Right. Yeah, that's like the they call it the interior and exterior. So the exterior but it's hard to say that word. The exterior is all the deckhands, and they just clean the boat literally all day. That's the only thing that they do. <laughs> and then the interior, yes, led by the chief stew, and then there's two stewardesses. That's how they say it. So there's a second stew and then the third stew. And I do think that I maybe missed my calling. I would have been an excellent chief stew. Um, really? Why? Yeah, I really think I would I would have been a good chief stew because I really I I'm a people pleaser to a fault, which is something that I'm working on in therapy, obviously. But <laughs> I feel like you are really in a good spot as a chief stew if you're a people pleaser, and I'm very organized. I don't know. I just think some of my gifts are wasted uh, outside of the chief stew role. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about. Hannah first. Like okay. I, Hannah is the chief stew that I met because my first, or like, you know, via my TV, 
The first season I watched was the June June Hannah season, which I don't even know which number <laughs> season that was. But uh, I loved that in and of itself. But she seems like there were so many moments where I'm like, great, this woman is badass. Like she is on top of her shit. She would get shit done. But then also had like kind of a hostile personality and would like bump heads with people a lot, which seems like pretty. You got to not do that if you're managing all of these different personalities, right? Okay, so here's the thing. I think because I watched the regular Below Deck first, and there's a different Chief Stew. Kate Chastain is the is a Chief Stew on sort of like your standard issue Below Deck, and I was sort of like a Kate. I think I was just loyal to Kate because of that and I really wanted to like Hannah because I'm always rooting for the women on reality TV and we all know that production is often like trying to set women on reality TV up to look terrible and so like I really try to see beyond an edit like I really try to see beyond the potential for just like making these women look bad but I I have to say I'm a Kate I'm a Kate girl Kate is not perfect but I'm a Kate apologist interesting Mm -hmm. i mean hannah is hostile hostile is a really good word to describe her she was hannah had done several seasons and then she was let go in her most recent season of below deck med right yes she was did you watch that season can you give Alyssa a summary of how she got fired so um she was like off her game for the first few episodes of the season like even more than usual and we know that Hannah is moody like I think that's another good word to describe her like Mm. she's up she's down she loves her job she hates her job she wants to lay in bed alone she wants to get wasted like there's not really anywhere in between um so she was off her game the first couple of episodes she was being super reclusive like didn't want to hang out with anybody She, I think, had gotten into a relatively new relationship with somebody back home, and the happy ending is that she's, like, now in a committed relationship with him, and they have a baby, so, like, I guess it all worked out. But at a certain point, Malia, who is the bosun in this season, which means she's in charge of the exterior, the deckhands, which is, like, badass of her, um, she discovers that Hannah has drugs on board. She has, I believe, Xanax and a couple of other things, And it's sort of unclear whether or not they were prescribed. And Hannah Mm -hmm. in one sort of like creepy like middle of like corner of the room camera moment is like get me the Xanax, get me the Xanax. And Malia is like wait what? Like what do you need? Is this, are these prescribed? And a couple of episodes later I think Malia comes across them again when they're moving rooms to accommodate some couples that have started which has caused all this drama between Hannah and Malia. And Malia, who is, like, super loyal to Sandy um, and definitely, like, a Captain Sandy apologist, reports these drugs to Captain Sandy. And I guess there's, like, this very complicated maritime law. I actually had, like, an extended argument with my husband about this um, because, like, he suddenly was very, like, defensive of Hannah, even though he's not a huge Hannah fan and for some reason is obsessed with maritime law as, like, an idea. Um, <laughs> okay, like, you have to hear all about that. That's, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that you really want to hear all about that, but, like, I guess there's a lot of rules about what you can and can't have on boats, which makes sense. And Hannah, like, couldn't produce a prescription mm. for the drugs, and so Sandy just, like, fired her. Well, I will say that I do have a prescription for Xanax, and yeah. it does say my name right on the bottle. So there would be no confusion about whether or not I was prescribed those, uh, you know, 
right drugs that's what i was gonna ask like is that how a prescription works it's just literally on the bottle i mean i guess there's an argument to be made that you like peeled it off or something but like truly anytime i've traveled like i have a lot of migraine medication things like that um i am like worried that they will ask me to prove that they're mine and not somebody else's but i've always been like well my name's on it and i have my id so i don't think that that I guess you could bring like a doctor's script. I just can't imagine that you're getting a prescription like that with no identification on it because it's like heavily monitored. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the weird yeah. thing was, it's like she wasn't even making an effort. Like, there was no moment, at least that we saw, of her like trying to find a prescription. She like got yelled at by Captain Sandy. Well, not that, that makes it sound like it was yeah, sort of petty. She got petty. scolded. For she got sure. scolded, but it was like in a professional context and it, it didn't feel as though Hannah like really wanted to make it right. She sort of I think it was like the last straw for her. She'd had a really hard season. She was good friends with the chef that had been let go. Like she was just really unhappy with her crew and she basically just was like, "Okay, I'm out." And and I get that she was frustrated, but it's like if you really cared about this job and if these drugs were prescription then you would probably have had a prescription like it shouldn't have been such a big deal in the end it's also just like such a strange thing to like ask someone else to get you your anti-anxiety drugs and like I would never do that and I and also if they weren't prescribed to you like even more I would never do that (laughs) you know like yeah that's just such a an odd choice and I also just want to say that if you take Xanax that didn't come from a pharmacy you can have other drugs and it's very dangerous don't do that but yeah that aside I think it's interesting I don't know was there not a path where they could have been like you need you need help like why are you taking this what's going on with you that's Mm. the thing I was okay so I wasn't even watching that season when it was airing but then I started seeing these headlines that was like Hannah has been let go for drugs on the boat. And I was like, that doesn't sound like my Hannah. And of course you hear (laughs) drugs and you're like, she had crack cocaine or she had something like so extreme. To watch it, I was shocked that it was anti-anxiety meds and a CBD pen. Right. Oh, that's ridiculous. And that's not drugs. That's not (laughs) drugs. Yeah, that has to be. I hate that that's like part of the discussion and that's frustrating. And I was like low-key mad at Malia because the first moment of Hannah like crying, they get into a fight, which is like so, you know, run of the mill for below deck med. They get into a fight, but she's crying and she's like breathing really heavily and it, and asks her to like get, hand her her bag, just mm. like a little hygiene bag or something. And then for Malia to be like, what are these pills? What is she taking? Like when I initially watched it, was like kind of upset with Malia. And it seems that when Captain Sandy was scolding her, it again had the vibe of, like, you brought hard drugs onto my That's boat. so strange. So, like, okay, so that to me is different than her just recreationally taking Xanax because Xanax is habit-forming. You know, it's caused a lot of problems uh, for people who, you know, have an addiction to benzos. Um, Lena Dunham is famously one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If you're hyperventilating and then you take a Xanax, it could be because you're having a panic attack and that's how it's supposed to be used. So it's very strange to me. I mean, I guess there's a world where like she couldn't, you know, get a prescription for them and so she was just self-medicating. But like that is a weird way to be like, hey, this person, to describe it as like she's coked out basically. (laughs) Yeah. That's like a different version of that. I also think that, like, 
you know, back to the maritime law situation, like, I think Captain Sandia was, like, looking for kind of a last straw for her. It almost felt like giving her an out because she so clearly, like, didn't really want to be on the boat anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing, like, to your point, Alyssa, I think you mentioned it about, like, was there a way that they could have offered her help? Mm -hmm. Throughout, like, earlier seasons, like, this isn't the first time that she had talked about having anxiety it wasn't the first time that she'd even confided in Captain Sandy about some of the things that she was struggling with and so it did feel to me as though like she'd had opportunities to talk to Captain Sandy like there should have been an open dialogue and it felt like you know she kind of went to this extreme point of I'm going to completely shut down when asked if I'm okay I'm going to not talk to anyone um and I think the concern was more that, like, if she was – she wasn't even handing over information. I guess you're you're required to also have information about, like, the proper dosage that you've been mm. prescribed mm-hmm. because yeah. I guess the concern is that if you're, like, responsible for people's literal lives on board and, like, you're not taking the right dose. Like, it's one thing, of course, if you are, are managing anxiety to be taking the anxiety medicine that you've been prescribed – but Captain Sandy's argument, and also they brought up one of those like dudes that's, ne- that's never actually on the show, but he's like the first mate and is actually doing all of the work. He came on and like <laughs> talked about it. Um, I guess if you're taking like more than you're supposed to take, then yeah. there is a risk of like something happening. So I don't know. It felt to me as though like Hannah kind of knew that she was done and she was just over it and she didn't want to get the prescription. She also sort of had had the open dialogue. Like she could have asked for help and I don't know. It just – it felt like she was just over it. And I, you know, I think it's unfortunate anytime anybody's been on a show for that long. Like, you don't want to see them go out like that. Yeah. But I think she was just, yeah. like, tired. That's so That's interesting. I wonder, like, how you're supposed to properly take medication on a boat then. Because that is a good point. I mean, like, look, if you take a Xanax when it's not needed, you, you're high. You're, right. like, having, you know, a great time being high. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, truly, yeah, you could make a mistake that would be costly to whatever your, you know, position is on the boat. But, like... I'm wondering how they manage that on a day-to-day basis. Like, do they have to check in with somebody to show them the dosage that they're taking? That's so interesting to me. I wonder, too, if it has to do with not only them putting, like, if if anybody working on the crew is potentially putting, like, a passenger at risk, but also, let's say you had a medical issue and you were unconscious and they wouldn't know what medications you were on. Like, maybe it's just that the people on the boat have to have, like, all medical information. So, like, God forbid if anything happened, it's not like you're on land. I don't know. But it does seem like, yeah, the maritimeness of it all (laughs) seems so complicated. But it felt like like when she was being let go that there was a a mixture of exactly what you're saying, Allie, where she was like, all right, I'm fed up with this whole thing. Like, I am ready to go. And also, to me, I felt, and maybe this was just my judgment on it because I was so shocked, that – that Hannah was a little shocked and a little def- uh, like offended and was like, okay, I'm not going to have this like conversation. I'm not going to sit here and defend myself about my, my meds and proving <sighs> that they're my meds. Like if I'm, fi- like, yeah. I'm fired and they had a very dramatic, like, you know, she, she gets fired and they're, they're on dock. So then Hannah like runs off and is on oh land and then Sandy comes to like hug her and say goodbye. And then Hannah's like, how could you after years, years of working together? So it's just like, it was such a heartbreaking exit for me and over something that I thought was such a big gray area, but yeah. I guess maritime law wise is like a pretty black and white. And did you see both Malia and Captain Sandy went on Watch What Happens Live? Mm-hmm. And they said that they both received like so much hate and that most people 
you know, from their perspective, we're very team Hannah. Hmm. And then Captain Sandy was like, I'm, I need to make it clear. I'm not going to like lose my license for anyone or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the bottom line. And then I was watching an episode of Watch What Happens Live or like a clip of it um, with Captain Lee, the other from like regular Below Deck, because in an earlier season um, of that show, I think it's the second stew cat who had like a similar thing happen where um, people were talking about her having yeah. Xanax on board and mm-hmm. and Andy Cohen was like, um, okay, like how would you have handled this situation with Hannah because they were reflecting on the thing in, in Below Deck Med and Captain Lee being Captain Lee and just being like super straightforward was like, well, I asked her if she had the prescription and she gave it to me and it was fine like done and so I think that's the, that's the thing is like at the end of the day if Hannah wanted to stay she probably could have stayed I don't begrudge Captain Sandy at all for no. it's like you have a lot of liability as someone who's in charge of everyone's life on a boat so I understand why it's like hey uh, you know the rules and you could have talked to me about this and you didn't and I'm not going to you know have my career ended basically over you making this decision but uh, it's uh, it's kind of weird to be like she had drugs on board. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm saying that's like the whole. I I keep coming back to that where I feel like sh- to be to be a part of that headline. I was like that seems so unfair to me. I so in the course of Matt and I becoming obsessed with Below Deck, my parents have also become obsessed with Below Deck, and so it's become like this family wide discussion. Um, and there's a lot of, like, Captain Lee versus Captain Sandy discussions. And most of the people in my family are very much Captain Lee. And especially the men in my family are very much, like, of the mind that Captain Lee is a better captain. And mm-hmm. I I think that what's interesting is that, like, Captain Lee is often, like, not asked to weigh in on things in the same way that Captain Sandy is. Like, I just think that that the crew and probably producers too, like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff in terms of the way that the producers are talking to them that I would imagine we're not seeing. Like I'm sure they're asking Captain Sandy different questions than they're asking Captain Lee. Like in the in yeah. the moments, like Captain Lee is just like not weighing in nearly as much on like the personal stuff about his crew as Captain Sandy is. And so I just think like the expectations are different. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Captain Sandy plays favorites, but Captain Lee also plays favorites. Um, And I think that, like, if anything, Captain Sandy sometimes, like, oversteps her boundaries as far as people's jobs. Like, but I think for the most part, she's pretty fair. Like, I think that she, you know, I think she's a really good leader. I love that she gives the younger crew members, especially the women, like, chances to do things, like, drive the boat in and out of the port. Like, that's cool, and that's how people learn. Um, but I don't know. I, I would imagine that some of her, like, commentary on the personal lives of the crew and even, like, how much she's stepping in directly with them, I think some of that's probably, like, producer involvement. And I feel like Captain Lee probably either isn't asked or just is like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm just not that's doing so it. Int- yeah, I mean, I feel like even, you know, I, I'm, like, a fringe Below Deck fan, so I haven't watched a season with Captain Lee. But even yeah. looking at, like, their BravoCon coverage, it's funny that Captain Lee seems more just like a fun, silly character that's just, like, a fun dude. And then yeah. with Sandy, there's a lot more of sort of – um there's just a little bit more controversy, I think. And there's a, like more juicy substance to, I think, even just like her reputation on Bravo. Um, oh, I had another. Wait. So why is your husband obsessed with maritime law? 
I don't know. It's a really great question. Uh, it's something that, that comes up, especially like with his, he has a friend who's a lawyer and sometimes when they've been drinking, they'll be like, oh, like maritime law, like let's talk about that. And like my, like our friend is like, I don't, I don't know anything about maritime law. Like I'm a land lawyer. Like I don't, <laughs> right, I'm a land lawyer. Yeah, I don't know where it came from, but he's, he finds it very interesting. I wonder, there must be maritime lawyers. Right? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's going to have a second act. Maybe he'll have a second act as a maritime lawyer. Wow, that's fascinating. Alyssa, do you know anything about maritime law? (laughs) No, the only time I could think of, like, when you would need one is if you, like, fell off a cruise ship or something. I don't... Yeah. I can't think of that many cases of maritime law. Maybe if your boat was, like, commandeered or... I don't know. I have no idea. Pirates. I don't know, I think it's, it's like, international waters. Like, I think that's... I think that's the distinction is that like mm. because it like the water is not governed by any single right. country like <laughs> so I think it's very specific situations like when for instance you might have wrongfully been accused of bringing like recreational drugs yeah. on board a ship like that's I guess when it's relevant because you're dealing with all countries I remember when one. I was younger and my family like went on a cruise we would go to we went to Mexico and I remember being thinking probably wrongly like oh the drinking age is younger so I can drink on the cruise and my mom was like absolutely not (laughs) so maybe that kind of thing maybe that is the legal case that like you know a minor needs someone to defend them for drinking in international waters I don't know yeah I don't know either (laughs) maritime law bananas Hmm. um can you tell everybody a little bit more about the SSR podcast that we were actually just on quite recently? We talked about Gossip Girl. Yeah, you were on it recently, and it was such a fun episode. We talked about the third book in the Gossip Girl series. So, yeah, SSR stands for Silent Sustained Reading, which was, like, a real thing that we had when I was in elementary school, but also Shit She Read because, you know, I'm trying I was about to be... to be like, I got it wrong. I thought it was Shit She Read. <laughs> no, Silent it's it's actually, sh- yeah, so I was, tra- you know, me trying to, like, be bookish and dangerous at the same time. Um, Should She Read and on every episode I invited guests on, podcasters, authors, people from different parts of the media industry and also the book world and we basically like choose a book from our middle or high school days. We revisit it with a 2021 sensibility. We talk about what holds up, what's ridiculous, like what's offensive, what makes us angry and the things that we still love. It's a lot of fun. We do everything from Nancy Drew and the Babysitter's Club to Vampire Diaries and Judy Bloom. Um, I would say it's kind of a little bit like what you all do on this show in terms of just like really looking at how certain people are portrayed in the media and like is that weird? Is that okay? Like how do we feel about that? But I'm just doing it with books um, and kind of spanning like decades and decades and looking at how um, some of these things that we read and talk about have evolved. Which is so cool and like I the revisiting Gossip Girl was like such an eye-opening experience that you guys just have to go listen to the episode to hear about but it's made me want to go revisit so many other I was like such a bookworm when I was like in middle school high school especially and it's insane how you preserve these books in your mind and then you could go back and be like oh no (laughs) yeah wait and did you also read Excuse me. Last time we talked, we recommended the Brian Moylan Housewives book. Have you started it? 
I started and finished it in one day because oh I read God. it on my like one and only vacation that I've been on since March of 2020. Wow. And I read most of it in a pool in Cancun and it was like the most fun I've had uh, in a very long time. So thank you. The way it's meant yeah. to be. Brian would be so uh, happy about that. I devoured it. it so fascinating? So fascinating. I loved it. I recommended it to a bunch of people. I know a bunch of my listeners have already listened to it on audio. They said the audio was really good. Um, but yeah, I read it and I loved it and I wish I could read it all again. And I need you both to read the Andy Cohen books so we can talk about those. Mm. Oh yeah. And we, that's the, as it is revealed in this book, that's the, what, top selling book from the sort of Bravo world is the Andy book, right? Yeah. Well, he re- he wrote a few. So I've read the Andy Cohen diaries and, um, superficial. And I think there's another one more recently that came out. Um, that's something about like a yearbook in the title, but yeah, Andy Cohen diaries and superficial are really juicy. And if you ever read them, we have to talk about them on or off the air. I don't care. I can't wait to discuss. (laughs) That's super exciting. I loved, you said you read it in a day and Alyssa had a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a dense book too. Like I know it's about housewives, but it's like so detailed. Like even I was, when I was trying to read it, I was like, oh my God, this is so much information for me to retain. I'm definitely not going to be able to read it quickly, but that's just because I have poor reading comprehension, you guys. So it's a lifelong journey that I'm working on that. It's adorable. I love that one of the (laughs) smartest writers I know is the slowest reader. I think it's cute. It's not a race. Like, I read it in a day, and you went, oh, my God. (laughs) I also was drinking a pina colada and, like, just trying not to talk to anybody. So it was a really good – like, the circumstances were right for that kind of situation. It was just, like, candy, too. Like, I just couldn't stop reading it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. This was, like – I like that we did a a big deep dive, especially into this Hannah thing that I think is a really interesting thing to discuss – and like you pointed out, Hannah is happily engaged or married right now. I think and just she's, had her baby. Yeah, she's happy. Like I think that the yeah. point is like she didn't want to do this anymore. I read one quote from her that was like, I've seen these women that are in their like late thirties and forties sitting at bars like all over the world getting wasted with twenty year olds and I don't want to do that anymore. Like she didn't want to be on that track anymore in this like yachty life. She's happy, so it's all okay. Yeah. That's good. Good for her. Yeah. So we we're happy about that. Um, Thank you so much again, Allie. And we will talk to you later after we read one of the fucking Andy Cohen books. Yeah, thank you.